0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. Monday, November, what is it? 20th here. Monday, November 20th. It is Thanksgiving week. Can't believe Thanksgiving is here already, but here we are. Uh, Keith, before we get into all the NBA news and notes that we need to discuss for today, uh, what is the one Thanksgiving dish that you cannot do without? Like if you were to say, hey, I'm going to eliminate everything else from Thanksgiving, but this one food item, what is that one thing for you? I'm going to cheat a little bit here.
2: It's the post-Thanksgiving turkey sandwiches
1: oh that's
2: that's my favorite part of the the food i I like don't get me wrong i like thanksgiving i like everything but those post-thanksgiving turkey sandwiches if you kind of you know for me i throw a little stuffing on there maybe maybe a little bit of cranberry sauce but it's a mayo on the bread little gravy that that is
1: kind of true because now you're talking about you're putting other thanksgiving food items on the turkey sandwich yeah so you're getting like yeah, that, that is. that. <laughs> see, I thought you were saying you were cheating just because you were picking something that's technically after Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, it's because you're saying all of it. your yeah. favorite Thanksgiving item is all of it. You're wishing for more wishes here, Keith.
2: Look, if you go in and you uh, start paying players on a college team, you might as well pay a whole bunch of players because you're going to get the banner <laughs> stripped anyway. So you might as well pay all of them. Flags <laughs> fly forever, even if they take her down. Come on now. So, I'm going to, if I'm going in on cheating, all right. If you're going to make me pick one thing, it's, um, it's funny because she's going to get mad because I just told her you don't have to make it if you don't want to. But my wife makes this amazing corn casserole. Uh, and, thing, and just and to clarify, real. she is
1: in the room with you yes, right now. Clark. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Yep.
2: <laughs> yep. She is uh, working away right now, doing uh, real actual work while we, uh, uh do what we do. <laughs> What's yours? What's your <laughs> so, one item?
1: So, So corn casserole, Um, I'm still trying, I'm still trying to get past the flags fly forever, (laughs) even if they take them down the line. I don't know. (laughs) That doesn't sound true.
2: Yeah, it is. Nobody, (laughs) nobody at Michigan, when they took their final four banners down is like, well, you know, we didn't really make those final fours anymore. Yeah, they did. They were still there. USC still won titles. No one cares that Reggie Bush had his Heisman taken away and melted down or whatever happened to it. I don't know. So, come on.
1: But the banner itself is not flying.
2: Yeah, it's flying in my heart.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're getting deep here. Uh, My my favorite, and this is is a, a true tragedy because no one else in my family likes it, it's pumpkin pie. I'm a big pumpkin pie fan. That is my favorite of all the Thanksgiving food items. And uh, I went and I bought myself a pumpkin pie, knowing that no one else would eat it. But I said, you know what? I'm not having Thanksgiving without a pumpkin pie. So I have one to myself. I know there's no way I'm going to eat the whole thing. But I said, if if it's between not having pumpkin pie and unfortunately having to throw some of it out because literally no (laughs) one else will eat it, I'm going to throw some of it out and get myself some pumpkin pie.
2: I'm now picturing you like in front of the TV at like two in the morning with just an empty pie tin and crumbs yep. everywhere. And you're just kind of sitting there just half picking at what's what's left of a pumpkin True. pie,
1: Trying to get through Loki. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now I'll, I'll tell you the positive though is pie etiquette is out the window. See? I don't have to worry. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that. I can eat that pie. However it is that I, that I want. I can just go at it with a fork, right? I can eat from the middle if I wanted to. No, and no, problem. I don't have to cut it perfectly and all that kind of stuff. So there, there is is some upside
2: is key. I don't like pie. Like I'm just, I'll say this. I don't, I don't like pie crust. So that's like a problem for me with pie. all, it's always too dry and like flaky and crumbly. Like I'm I'm just not a big fan of pie crust. So like I, I will eat like pie, but I don't, I don't really enjoy pie crust. So, uh, so that, that becomes a whole thing for me, but yeah. People are like, wait, I thought this was a basketball show, and these guys <laughs> haven't even point. mentioned it yet. So <laughs> At some point but we'll yeah, it's there. Thanksgiving week, guys. Come on now. Of course you know we're gonna work in a little bit of turkey talk here.
1: We gotta we gotta. In fact, maybe tomorrow I'll do some turkey fun facts or something. But nice. but as you say, we we do need to be responsible adults <laughs> and get into uh get into some basketball here. So let's start with this. One of the I guess I, I don't know, Keith. I see this kind of stuff, and I just kind of roll my eyes. Uh, Zach Levine and the Bulls' PR situation, where uh, a member of the Bulls' PR staff went to to go grab Zach Levine to have him do an interview, and this is very common around. They literally grab the player, right? Because once the game is over, once the game's over, the player there's so many different things going around. It's very easy for a player, uh, particularly when the players are so much taller than the PR <laughs> yeah. staff typically is. For them not to see somebody or whatever, and and wind up, you know, next thing you know, they're running to the back, and you've missed the chance to do the interview. So Bulls PR staff like goes and grabs Zach Levine by the arm to to say, "Hey, come do this interview," and he kind of yanks his arm away. Um, the Bulls were, you know, not thrilled with that, especially now that we've heard these kind of rumblings of of Zach Levine trade rumors and the team's been kind of struggling and and all that sort of stuff. I I still look at this though and say, well unless we have some kind of follow-up to this where it, it happens again or something, like I think this is going to be a nothing in a week.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think anyone's going to really care about this uh, very uh, quickly here. I, I know Billy Donovan was reportedly not, not too happy with it. They, there was uh, somebody had tweeted out and shared that the Bulls front office, I wasn't very happy with him. And to be clear, he just made a, a big shot to basically win them a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they much needed to, to win a game. Cause they had really been struggling. And uh yeah, I mean, I get it. And I saw the when I first saw it, so the I didn't, let me rephrase. When I first saw the report about it, it said uh, he pushed away the PR people. And I don't, I, I don't know that he knew who it was when he initially. Exactly. It was just kind of like one of these, like, you know, don't grab me kind of thing. And then I don't know if he then realized who it was. And he's like, nah, I still don't want to talk. And, Took off, or because I've seen players do that because sometimes they think somebody's just grabbing them. Especially yeah. where he was, he was right on the edge of the court where a fan could have very easily grabbed at him. And just as an aside, if you're at a game, don't grab at the players. Like no, they, you know, there's just no need for that. You know, the kids who get like the shoes and the jerseys and all that stuff are the kids who are like polite and are like, "Can I have your shoes, please?" or something like that. Those are the ones the players almost always take care of instead of the ones who are grabbing at them and jabbing stuff in their faces to sign and everything else. Like they're usually better with those guys but um, mm-hmm. but yeah so I, I don't know my guess is no one really cares about this in another couple of days but it, maybe from Levine's side he's like look I don't want to like get back into all of it again you could tell he's, he's aggravated with the questions already yeah. and this is what happens when there's a trade request yeah, let me rephrase because we don't know there's a trade request right? There's, when there's, trade there's a rumors. trade rumor out there every city they go into they're going to get asked about it because it's that city's media's chance to talk to him where they maybe haven't had that opportunity yeah in you know the past so that that's a, a little bit of a challenge with that part of it so so it's I'm, I'm sure he's just a little on edge right now and they're all collectively aggravated because the team's not playing well and trade rumors are swirling and all that other stuff
1: yeah i think it's it's much to do about nothing for now now again if it's if this becomes something that happens again, or he refuses to talk to mm-hmm. to do the interview or something, okay, then then there's something here. Yeah. If another absolutely. rumor pops up, we find out. Oh, he was upset because now he's connected to this other team or something. Then then this becomes a important piece of context to a developing story. For now, though, I'm I'm just gonna kind of take it for what it is. Say it was just kind of one weird thing, and he didn't see who it was, and you know, and we move on. Yeah. Yep. Um, by the way, Zach Levine himself did say that it was just a miscommunication with the PR team and that everything's fine. So Yeah, I'm
2: yeah, I don't think it's going to be a thing. No. You know, but yeah. I hear you.
1: Okay. Uh let's get to this one. And Keith, you came up with this with this headline here. <laughs> Le- LeBron is old. <laughs> LeBron James he said after the game last night against the Rockets, LeBron said that it's that it's him against father time, that playing against some of the younger players Guys like uh, Dylan the villain Brooks um, gets, him, gets him fired up, gets him going playing against the young guys. LeBron is old. He is indeed um, the oldest player in the NBA, and, uh, and he dropped 37 last night. He's doing some incredible things. I, I'm a little concerned about how heavily the Lakers are leaning upon him, but yeah, there's, there's no question. He's turning 39 next month. He's old, and it's... We've never seen this, Keith. We've never seen anybody at his age play at this level. We've seen people play to this age before. We've never seen anybody play at this level at this age.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you saw this. My buddy Josh Eberle, uh put this on mm-hmm. Twitter uh, today. Some quick notes about LeBron scoring this season. And we'll put all the small sample size qualifiers and everything yeah. with this. But he's averaging more points per game. LeBron is averaging 26.4 points per game than Every other player who played 21 seasons did combined. So that's Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Garnett, Vince Carter, Kevin Willis, and Robert Parrish. They combined to average 21.4 points. Also, LeBron has the highest true shooting percentage of his career at 67.1%. It doesn't, none of it makes sense. Like, it does not make sense. Mm -mm. And my biggest takeaway, not jokingly, I said LeBron is old because he basically said, yeah, I'm old. Like He was more or less the tenor of his press conference. I also, as an aside, I liked his joke about how the guys keep giving him crap because he keeps laying the ball in. So he went up and threw down that dunk just to be like, I can still do it. I can still do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, like, we – it sounds weird to say this, but I feel like we don't appreciate this enough and these are the kind of things that we're going to be, I don't know when at this point, but at some point we're going to be like, man, you know, I wish I had kind of appreciated those last few years of LeBron a little more because then he was just gone. And it—it yeah. it, it is unbelievable. The the things he's doing. I mean, it's not at all to, I mean, it's obviously, of course, they don't win the game without him last night, but they're not like he won, like truly won that game. Other guys played well. Some other guys stepped up and in various ways, but he was just unbelievable last night. And that was one of those. No, he can't do it every night anymore, but that was one of nope. those we need to win and I'm not gonna be stopped. And yeah. he can still bring it. You know, which is is you know at this point in his career, that's unbelievable.
1: His three point shot has definitely been dropping with a lot more consistency. Um, yeah. he said that he was able to work on it more over the summer. Um, Than he has in the past. I mean, it's showing. I don't know how sustainable it is right now. Again, like you said, we are still in small sample size territory. But uh, right now, he's doing some absolutely incredible things out there. Uh, You know, how about though? This is a guy we don't talk about much, Jeff Green. How about what what he's doing? He's thirty seven and he's doing some incredible stuff. I've got a running gag when the Lakers play the Rockets on uh, over on playback on the play by play. Every time Jeff Green does something. His he gets older, his age that he's at. He starts out at 37, and by the end of the show, he's like, you know, 75-year-old Jeff Green just hit a three. Um, and he's just he's absolutely fantastic. He's filling a great role for the Rockets. He's given them that you know, that adult in the room while still providing something on the floor. Uh, pretty amazing considering that this was a guy who was drafted by the Sonics. They existed, yeah, when, when Jeff Green was drafted.
2: And let's go back. Jeff Green missed an entire year because of a heart issue. Yeah. Like missed an entire season when it looked like in the prime of his career, his career was just over. Like it looked like that was it. He's just not going to play anymore. And he's come back to not only play, but play like a full, it's gotta be a decade now past Mm -hmm. when, when that happened. I could look it up here in a little bit. I I'd be interested if someone would ask LeBron, um, and I know he's probably not going to want to speak for Bronny, mm-hmm. but like, does, does that give him hope that Bronny will be able to get his career fully back on track and everything that Jeff green went through. I mean, I know it wasn't the same thing, sure. but a similar heart condition and has then played, you know, a very, very long NBA career. And it's not, Jeff green's not just hanging out at the end of the bench either. He's still playing he, and he has basically played um, all the way through Like right? there. There's been very few points where it's been like, yeah, Jeff Green, just kind of on the roster is that old vet in the locker room helping out. Like he's always been a productive member. He's a big part of Denver winning the championship last year. So I'd be curious to know if anybody's asked LeBron that, that question, I haven't seen anything about it out there yet. So that'd be something I'd like to see a media member ask him about just mm-hmm. because LeBron and Jeff Green have been semi length throughout their careers just because of the length of career that they both
1: had. Sure. Yeah. Jeff Green, I just looked it up here, had uh, open heart surgery that involves stopping his heart for an hour. Yeah. And that happened January 9th of 2012.
2: Yep. Yeah. It's great. Wow. Cr- yeah. So that was 11 years ago. Yep. Yeah. Almost 12 full years, years ago. Right. Because you said January 9th.
1: Yeah. Of 20, yeah, so of 2012.
2: Yeah. yeah, so that's almost 12 years ago. And the man came back and has played for 12, like whatever that works out to 11, 12 more seasons after that. That's just, it does, that doesn't make sense either. But yeah, I mean, LeBron, Kevin Durant was great last night. Kevin Durant also is old. Like just, just some of these guys, the things they are doing at this longer. point. And you're seeing this is the difference between the guys you and I grew up with. Larry Bird was done after 12 mm-hmm. seasons because he couldn't really walk anymore. Um, Magic obviously his career went very differently, but his career, you know, ended earlier than I think anybody thought it would. Kareem was was like this extreme outlier to the point it was like a running joke with him. And then Robert Parrish kind of took on the mantle from Kareem after that. So it was always like one or two guys, but now we have all these guys, Chris Paul still playing and playing at a high level Mm -hmm. at this point in his career. It just shows the advancements and the willingness for these players from the time they're like 16, 17 years old to start putting in that effort and taking care of themselves, um, you know, to do those things. And even still among all those guys, LeBron stands out as a major outlier because of the level he is playing at. He is not he's not a role player, which I know KD is not either, but he's several years younger than LeBron. But like all these other guys, they're role players and LeBron is you know still here doing it as the prime star on a team. It's, it's
1: uh, it really is it's truly unbelievable. All right, um another one of our blunt titles here. <laughs> the Pistons are terrible. Yep. The Pistons the Pistons are not they're not good. At uh, at basketball, and this is a team that wanted to be, you know, on the rise and and all of that in the in the Eastern Conference this season. Right now, they sit dead last uh, with just two wins and twelve losses. They have the worst record in the NBA. Minus six point six points per game is their point differential. Uh, Keith, what is going on in Detroit? Cade Cunningham, not not too thrilled with the way things are 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 going right now.
2: Yeah, nor is Monty Williams. You know, Monty Williams was asked basically and I'm paraphrasing but does this team have a culture of losing now do they have losing habits and he said I can't say that my job is to teach and help guys break habits they've had for a while I can't speak to what's happened in the past but when you see it you call it out and help guys grow and then he said the habits are something we've talked about since the summertime and we'll continue to talk about until it changes and we started to see he's made some lineup changes here and there uh, guys have kind of come and gone from the rotation some of them have earned their way back in but he is really committed to these guys got to play better and then Cade cunningham follows that up with Mm -hmm. let me uh, find his quote he said we we got to be realistic about the situation it's hard to be just be like we're good we're good you know what i'm saying because we're bad we have to address that we have to address what we're not good at address it with not only our words but on the court in the huddles and then he went on he was asked like does the team not compete the right way. And he was asked about their uh, compete level and he said, it's unacceptable. We're the youngest team in the league, scrapping and clawing for everything. That should be the last thing that needs to be asked of us or talked about, how hard we're competing. That should be a given. When we wake up in the morning, we should be like, we got to get to the court. Monty Williams shouldn't have to ask about it. That's something me and Isaiah Stewart are also trying to stay vocal about. Everyone has to come with it. So, not great, right? None of that is good. That is basically Monty Williams saying, look, I don't want to talk about it, but yeah, there's a lot of bad habits here. And then you have your team's leader, burgeoning star basically saying, Hey, we don't play hard enough. And I, I in case it didn't come across like reading those quotes. He very much was including himself in that. Those, yeah. guys, He was not excluding himself from criticism or anything like that. He was putting himself in there. The only guy, cause there was another Smaller quote where he called out like Isaiah Stewart brings it every day, which if you watch him play, he obviously does. Um, but a lot of the other guys now. Let's be a little fair. They don't have Boyan Bogdanovich, they don't have Monte Morris, they don't have some of the guys they thought were gonna be their guys to really help kind of guide them through this. But that said, there's no real excuse for how poorly they're playing. I mean, they are getting drilled in some of these games, and it just I, I don't know, man. It's hey it, I I wanted to see them take real steps forward, even if I still thought they'd be a bad team. And I don't know if maybe outside of the Charlotte Hornets, there's a team that has a less bright future right now than the Detroit Pistons.
1: Keith, they were uh, they were two and one on Saturday, October twenty eighth. They have not won since. Yep. So we are going on almost a month without a win. And their next opponent is Denver. After that is Indiana, who I think has been, you know, have been pretty good this season. I would obviously they're going to be a heavy underdog in both those. Then maybe, maybe an opening here. They play the Wizards, who in terms of offensive rating and defensive rating, they're 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 within one spot of each other in both categories. Yeah. If I'm Detroit, I'm putting everything into that game. If if you want to win one. That game against the Wizards is is probably your your best shot because Washington ranks uh, in terms of advanced analytics. They're they're just as bad as the Detroit Pistons. That's their shot to win a game because they have lost. Look, losing to OKC, you get it. But they got beat by nine by by Portland. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some tough the the Pelicans, the Suns, the Warriors, the Bucks, the Sixers. I mean, that's. You're probably even if you play at your best, you're probably not winning those games. But then you've also dropped a game to, to Chicago. That was maybe an opportunity to get a win. You know, it's they haven't had the easiest schedule, but still this team's not been good. And uh I think there's two more losses coming before they they maybe have a little opening here uh to win a game. So it's really gonna be a full month of just losing for the Pistons.
2: Yeah, that's just brutal, right? Like yeah. that's and it, it's again, we're not criticizing them for being a nine good team but this is this is bad feels bad without like purpose right it's one thing to lose games it's a whole other thing to be just terrible and it's a whole other thing to be this bad before we're even a thanksgiving And you feel like, well, you know, all right, who's in the draft, right? If you're a Pistons fan, you're already probably tuning in to like the college basketball tournaments this week Mm -hmm. um, where they're on all day. Like, all right, who am I checking out as a potential high draft pick? You know, what's going on overseas? What do these G League guys look like? Because it's this big of a mess. I put this out on Twitter last night. I don't know if you saw this. But do you know when the last time the Pistons won a playoff game was? A game. Not, Not a series, but a game.
1: I mean, the way you're phrasing it makes me think we're going all the way back to two thousand four or something.
2: Two thousand eight, Game okay. Four, two thousand eight Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics.
1: Okay, so that was not a sweep. I I thought they had gotten swept a few times in there. All right.
2: Hey, so they got so they lost that one. And then that was like, they kind of, that was this No, because they, that,
1: what am I saying? They made it back to the finals in the next year when they mm-hmm. took on the Spurs. No, no, in 2005, I mean, oh, when, when I said 2005, I was forgetting 2005, yeah. they went back. So they obviously, they won there. but 2008, man, that's still a long yeah. time.
2: Yeah, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, by the time we get to this year's playoffs, the last time they won a playoff game, they've made it to the playoffs three times since then but they've been swept 4-0 in each one of those series. They've had losing records in 13 of the last 15 years. And in one of those years, they, they were 500, they were 41 and 41. So, they haven't they've had a winning record once in 15 seasons. That's brutal. Just, yeah. Gives us a sense of where it's been. I mean, we all kind of laughed about the Kings for, you know, decade no. plus of, you know, playoff futility. And but I mean, and this is tough. I mean, the Pistons you know, for our lifetime as fans, they were a powerhouse for mm-hmm. most of our. our the Isaiah
1: Thomas yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, They were big time. And then they, they I know they kind of dipped, but then they came back with the, you know, Billups, Hamilton, Wallace, mm-hmm. Brothers teams, Tayshawn Prince. Like those teams were really good. I mean, they won a championship and that, yep. those teams were really, really good. Um, so it was, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me that this is, I mean, this is as bad as the Kings were, you know, if if we get into it. So yeah, pretty, pretty tough on them right now for the Pistons.
1: All right. Shaq Vegas. (laughs) Shaq wants to bring a team to Las Vegas and has now said that he is willing to combine forces with LeBron. For a while there, it sounded like it was going to be like two competing bids. We know Mm -hmm. LeBron wants to bring a team to Vegas. Uh, Shaq would like to as well. Now it sounds like he's saying, hey, I'll be part of this. Really wants to get a team. I think Vegas makes a lot of sense. It's where the in-season tournament is going to be having their finals this year. It's where Summer League exists. The NBA already has that relationship with Vegas. So I, we've we've talked about it ad nauseum at this point that, that Vegas makes sense as a as a destination, but um, it feels like the momentum, it just keeps picking up speed here for, for a team to wind up in Vegas. LeBron is definitely in on it, especially because LeBron could still live in LA and travel to Vegas pretty easily. Uh, Shaq now being involved, and I think if you're Shaq and LeBron's interested in bringing a team somewhere, it makes sense for for him to say, uh yeah, I'll team up with you," because he's gonna have a hard time, I think, beating the the LeBron-led team. That's gonna have a lot of momentum and a lot of interest from the league having LeBron involved with it. So, makes sense for Shaq to say, "Yep, yeah, I'll I'll jump on that train with you <laughs> yeah. and and let's go."
2: Yeah, I. The, the whole thing, and you can see the quotes. Uh, there's a post on uh, Real GM's wiretap, which is invaluable. We use it uh, a considerable amount mm-hmm. as we prep for the show i'm on there well one of the things this this came out of shack and i think it was david beckham co-hosted an f1 party where they had oh. the f1 race and in, in vegas, in vegas. Uh, this weekend which sounds like it was basically hated by every single person um mm-hmm. who ever wanted anything to do with going to las vegas i actually had a friend who went out there for a conference and all she's ever wanted to do was see the bellagio fountains and they've been off for months as they built grandstands in front of the hotel. So Eesh. she was pretty bummed out about that. But anyway, um, Shaq talked about that. The one thing that gives me a little bit of pause, and I'm like, I don't know about this. He says he wants to be actively involved in, uh, you know, decision making with, with the team. He's like, you have part owners that are just like part owners and just kind of there. and Then you have part owners that are involved. I want to be one of those part owners.
1: That's so involved. goodbye TNT then?
2: Hey. I- I guess. I mean, right. I, I mean, if Shaq yeah. is
1: actively involved in decision making, yeah, you, you can't say, go on TV well, and say and start Grant talking Hill, about other players.
2: Grant right? Hill owns part of the Hawks, right? And That's he still true. does stuff. I, yeah, I don't really know how well that works, but I also trust Grant Hill to manage himself maybe a little more appropriate than <laughs> Shaq does. Um, Grant Hill is also now what he's the managing director or whatever basketball. Yeah. So he's clearly, you know, keeping tabs on all these because I mean, it, it worries me when Shaq says these kind of things like I want to be involved cuz at what level? Cuz I don't see you going and scouting a mid-major conference tournament in uh, you know, March, my guy. Like I just don't see that happening ahead of the NBA draft to see, you know, who you might you select with your second round pick. I could see it being like, "Yeah, we should go get, you know, uh, I don't know, superstar X." Like, "Yeah, we should do that." Like I could mm-hmm. see that, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not 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 sold on him being involved with the basketball operations portion of it, but I don't know. Maybe I I just I have this these visions of them playing real life. Who he play for? Uh, mm. with, with him and him being like, I have no idea. I don't even know who that guy is. You know, that's a that's <laughs> What's a familiar a with his game, right? Yeah, yeah. That's probably a problem if you're uh, running a team. But that's neither here nor there. We'll see where it goes.
1: Alright, some good news. Uh, scoot Henderson, Malcolm Brogdon both on the mend here. Sounds like they'll be back yeah. sooner rather than later. Probably That's Yeah, I mean Portland, well, I mean Portland, on one hand, yes, they need to be out there for at least Scoot out there for the development purpose per, purposes and then Malcolm Brogdon in order to get some trade interest for, for the Blazers. So they need to be out there for those reasons. For winning games, eh, I don't know so much if Portland's worried about that right now, but Yes, they, they need scoot out there developing and seeing what works with these guys and what doesn't and, and to learn what the future of the Blazers uh, is going to look like. And then for, Mal- for Malcolm Brogdon, I would be very surprised if he's a Portland Trailblazer past the trade deadline, assuming that he can you know get back to being healthy and then stay healthy, which is no certainty with him. But if he can, I would have to imagine that he's traded. So it's important that he gets back out onto the floor, shows everybody what he can do again, shows everybody he's okay, and then... Uh,
2: yeah, this was – the only way Malcolm Brogdon was probably going to stick there uh, beyond the trade deadline was if they were like one of those surprise teams or it was like, wow, Portland's hanging in the yeah. uh, you know, race for the playing tournament or something like that. That's clearly not going to be a thing. So, yeah, this now, it's about for him. Let's get him out there, show he's healthy, he's ready to go, and maybe move him on and trade. And you're absolutely right with Scoot Henderson. Let's get him out there with Shaden Sharp, with DeAndre Ayton, with uh, – and simons when he eventually returns let's get these guys on the court so we can at least get a sense of all right how do they all fit together what does this look like going forward so it's just good news you know we normally come with a bunch of injury news that's just guys out guys out guys out here's a couple guys who are coming back and part of the reason i said Portland needs them it's one thing again to be bad they've lost seven straight games now they were actually three and three uh, when all the injuries really started hitting them, and they've lost seven in a row, they're three and ten. Uh, them, Memphis and San Antonio are all tied for the worst records in the West. Spurs are actually on an eight-game losing streak right now. So we talked about the Pistons and their eleven-game losing streak. Do you know who has the next highest though? It's, so it's mm. it's uh, it's Pistons at eleven straight losses. Spurs at eight. Trailblazers at seven. Do you know who's next? Without
1: the Clippers just won because they were at six losses in a row. I don't know. In Who the is it?
2: Right. Like vein of thinking though.
1: Hmm. Is it who's been losing a lot? I don't know. The Golden yeah.
2: State Warriors. Is it really the Warriors? Six yeah. Yep. Six I, they were a team
1: now. that popped into my head. Yeah, man. Six. What eight. is going on in Golden Ooh. State?
2: Remember last year when they couldn't win? uh away from on the home. road yeah they they're one and six at home and five and two on the road easily the weirdest like split in the league <laughs> um, differential wise so yeah.
1: bizarre yeah bizarre
2: yeah suns two and four at home five and two away so weird suns though on their way up they've won three straight
1: yeah all right let's uh let's finish off with this though uh marcus smart out three to five weeks for the grizzlies the grizzlies who are Still struggling. They've won three games now, though. They're 3-10 and 10 at this point. Keith, uh, they ha- they somehow wound up within a, a bucket of the, the Celtics last <laughs> yes. what, night. What the hell happened? I didn't uh, see this game.
2: Yeah, at one point, Joe Mazzula, Bench, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, and Chris Saps, all at the same time because they weren't playing hard enough. So um. that gives you a sense of kind of what was happening. He said, uh, yeah, I took them all out because the effort wasn't where it needed to be. And he was playing with like Derek White, Al Horford, Sam Hauser, uh, Peyton Pritchard. And then he had like other, like, he mixed in, uh, Nemias Kata mm-hmm. was out there for a little while. Uh, Lamar Stevens got a little bit of run, uh, with, with that group. So he was really kind of mixing and matching guys. So yeah, it was, uh, just one of those games where I think, you know, the Celtics are in a little bit of a weird spot. They've been kind of rolling and really kind of handling teams. And then you get into these spots. They were had a back-to-back away against Memphis, and now they're going to Charlotte tonight. And they play the Bucks on Wednesday. So I think it's probably a little bit of let's just get to Wednesday's game and mm-hmm. we can, can go and then Friday afternoon they play Orlando who's playing really good basketball right now in an in-season tournament game and if the Celtics win they probably will win the group uh, most likely in, in the in-season tournament so uh, so that's kind of a big game too so you've got those two games with two not great teams and I can see why they weren't weren't as focused as they need to be didn't play as hard but Kristaps Porzingis I guess came back in and kind of played like a man possessed down the stretch made a bunch of plays they six blocks uh last night including blocked uh what would be the tying jumper uh there was the the Celtics did a better job uh keeping the ball out of Desmond Bain's hands at a point Santi Aldama was on fire absolutely dominated but back to Marcus Smart this team has one healthy point guard that's Jacob Gilliard who is exactly the same height as me um and he's on a two-way contract uh I'm a, I'm I'm Hopeful and very confident in saying uh same height as me, far better player than I am. <laughs> in the NBA. Um, but it's uh but he, he he's really not bad. He's just t- he's just very, very small. Um, but he's the only healthy point guard that they have because derrick Rose can't really play night to night anymore. John Moran yep. obviously suspended, and now uh, Marcus Smart is out three to five weeks and sprained left foot uh for Marcus Smart. So it's gonna be a while. So the Grizzlies, I mean they are going through it. it. It is, we are very, very close. I've said, I said this just the other day to the, the wheels have come off on this season. Just forget it. Let's just play it out and hope for the best. Like when John Morant gets back, because it's really, really tough for them right now. I mean, cause it's just, it's not just smart and Morant who's out. Brennan Clark is out. Steven Adams is out They're yep. both out for the year. You also have Xavier Tillman's out. Uh, Luke Kennard is out, uh, they, they, like I said, Derrick Rose is kind of in and out of the lineup, so it's just a mess right now in Memphis.
1: Is their draft pick unencumbered this year?
2: It is, I believe. I can okay. check that.
1: Um, I'm just looking. you. Know, they started last night against the Celtics. They they didn't start a point guard. They started, guard. They, started <laughs> they started Bain and Conchar and Aldama Biombo and 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 Jaron Jackson Jr. Aldama was great. 28 points, 12 boards, six assists, two steals. Uh, that's that's insane uh, production from him. But they, I mean, they didn't have a point guard. They had Gilliard, and that's it. He only played 15 minutes. So they're basically playing without a point guard right now. Yeah, um, their yeah, offensive they're rating is in the tank. Game. Yeah, the, their yeah. offensive rating is in the tank. They're they're in a tough spot. I mean, by yeah, the time John Morant gets back, like, yikes. Yeah. So what, be,
2: we've got 13. We're only halfway through his suspension. Still out 13 more games. Because I think okay. what, they're three and nine, right? So, yeah. So
1: here's yeah. their their schedule. Oh, they're three they're... and
2: ten. I'm sorry, they they've got twelve more games left.
1: Twelve more games. Okay, so.
2: And just to answer your question, yes, they they so they have a weird pick where they have the most favorable pick of them and. Phoenix and Washington, one through twelve, because they did. They they were one of the teams that got in on that, where Phoenix was trying to create swaps for second rounders to have something to trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Memphis has has a couple of those, but they've got all their own first round picks, effectively, or the best pick possible of a couple of teams the rest of the way.
1: Okay, so here's this is the the teams they play when okay. when Jockums before. So let's Jockums go through. Play.
2: We'll do wins or losses on each game.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we've got uh the next game is at Houston. I think Houston's been playing pretty well that's a that's a loss in my mind um Phoenix loss Minnesota the top seeded team in the West right now. that's a loss yeah, that's, yeah. Utah
2: and where is it?
1: uh it is at home and they have two days off before that game. I'm gonna All say right, we'll they a them win, win that there one. yeah
2: we'll okay so
1: there's there's a win
2: yeah.
1: at Dallas loss. Yeah. Second night of a back-to-back at Phoenix. The loss. Loss. Against Dallas. At, uh, that's at home, but against Dallas. That's a loss. At Houston again. You have two in a row at Houston and then at home against Houston.
2: Uh, we're going to get into the week off here. We won't know a couple of their
1: games. Right? Oh, right, right, right. Yes, that's right. So, there is the yeah. week
2: off. That's that's what's but, happening here. Yeah. But, but But okay. Yeah, I mean, all right. So let's say they've got 12 games left. Eyeballing and
1: some it. of those games are unknown.
2: Let's say four and eight, maybe, maybe feels probably close. I mean, that's more games than they've won right now.
1: And you might be kind of generous with four and eight, just given the schedule. Like, And, and look, we can look and we'll say Team X is better than them or whatever. And sure. the, the upsets happen. Right, they yeah. they do. That you can't. And somebody just look will be see.
2: missing someone, or those exactly. guys, and they'll right. Catch so then, it. they'll, Much they'll like be they almost awesome last night. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Des Bane will shoot. You know, seven for twelve from three or something, and yeah. they'll and they'll get a win, and you know that that kind of stuff will happen in there. But yeah, I mean, they could very well be hit be sitting in total somewhere between like six and seven wins or something out of twenty five games when yeah. when John Morant comes back, and at that point. Do you have enough time left in the season even to make up that
2: kind of ground? I don't know. Yeah, like it's tough. So, what I said repeatedly when people asked, as I said, you don't want to be something like 5 and 20. That's maybe a realistic marker where they really could be 5 and 20. You know, that would be obviously, that'd be what, 2 and 10 over the final 12 games of Jaws suspension. And part of the reason I picked 5 and 20, Orlando was 5 and 20 last year. And then Orlando played great in the second half, really second half, final two thirds of the season. They they played really good inspired basketball and almost made uh, the playing tournament. They made a real run and then kind of fell apart a little bit slash reprioritized at the very end of the year over the last about three weeks of the season. So if you're Memphis, yeah, you can do it. I mean, no one's run away from them Mm -hmm. in the, uh, in the, the West right now, right there, they're three and 10, but golden state's in 10th and they're only two and a half games ahead of them. So they've been lucky that the West teams have, they really kind of beat up on each other and they're all outside a, a couple at the top. They're all floating right around 500. So that's to their benefit. But yeah, I mean, ideally over these last 12 games, you'd love to pull off six and six or better, but go four and eight and then maybe, right. Then, then we'll see, you know, may, maybe that keeps you in range of, you know, where where you can still make a real run at the playing tournament and they could be a team. I know we all like to say this. It could be a team. Nobody wants to see if they're a lower sure. seed just because you're going to have John Morant, you're going to have Desmond. You're, you're going to be looking at being like, yeah, they shouldn't have been you know, down in the seven, eight seed range, but here we are now we get to deal with it in the first round.
1: And if they do continue to struggle with that draft pick, that could wind up being a blessing in disguise because this team feels like they're they're one, even when they're healthy, they're, yeah. they're probably one player short. Um, yeah. That could be, so that could be big if they're able to get a, a really high draft pick in, in this year's draft and then either use it to pick somebody or, you know, have, have that uh, as a trade chip. So, well, not good right now in Memphis. Tough, tough sledding for the moment. But Jaw is coming back. Uh, eventually will it be too little too late at that point we'll have to to wait and see but again I they have a shot to like you said make that run and be maybe that proverbial team nobody wants to see there's also a chance that they could walk out of this with a really nice draft pick and then um, you know we, we go too far with the with the San Antonio Spurs tanking and getting Tim Duncan and tanking and getting wembanyama and all that kind of stuff but you could wind up where it's like that one kind of blip down year and the next thing you know they're they're a power uh, again in, in the next season
2: yeah and this draft class is not doesn't seem like it's great it seems like it's kind of a draft that's stuck in between we had one this past year we're gonna have cooper flag in 2025 2024 seems a little and eh, um with this but it will be better by the time we get there i think of just a couple years ago the 2022 draft Uh had People weren't super high on it going in either, and then a bunch of guys mm-hmm. emerged and ended up becoming, you know, players. Where it's like, all right, these guys are pretty good. So, guys will emerge, guys will will step up, and uh, that's what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go actually watch some college basketball. The Maui Invitational is on. If you're a uh, fan of this, you're probably an NBA fan. Uh, that field is loaded, and at five Eastern, so just a couple hours from now, we got Purdue and Gonzaga. Uh, going ahead to head uh, to oh. two of the uh, better teams in the country right now with some actual NBA prospects on the roster. So it should be, should be fun. Uh, so, you know, it's a, uh, it's always fun to work in a little afternoon college hoops before the NBA starts up.
1: All right. Well, that sounds like a, a plan for you. I'm going to spend my afternoon. Well, I'm going to edit this and then I've got a few other things to, to dive into, but I'll see if I can maybe put that one on in the background. I also, I have family visiting right now, so it's uh, hard to get to put on what, what I want, but, Nonetheless, I'll do my best to see if I can catch some of it at least. Record um, it and
2: watch while you eat your pumpkin pie at two. In the
1: there morning. we go by myself. Yep, <laughs> yep, that's what I'm gonna have to do.
2: That's how you bring the show full circle, baby. There
1: it is, and that, folks, is how you close out a show. We do thank you guys for joining us. Make sure that you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show here on YouTube, of course, over on the podcast side as well Apple Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Till then, see ya and stay safe.